And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Please search and subscribe to the Champs Corner podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, any podcast app you can find, we are on. Got a lot to talk about today. It's been a couple of weeks since we last joined you. Things are not going so well in the Birmingham Iron front office. Alabama has parted ways with Avery Johnson. Crimson Tide get, did get a football commitment, and we'll take some listener questions. So really looking forward to getting this thing started. Uh, let me introduce my co-host, uh, Mark Jennings. And, and Mark, how are you doing today? Drew, I'm pretty low. To be real honest with you, you know, life is all about ups and downs and how we handle those ups and downs, but I've been pretty down today, Drew. It was, uh, it was a tough weekend. I know you saw the game. I know you, I don't know, you may have made the trip to Memphis. I'm not sure if you did or not. Uh, 50,000 50, of our fans were there. It was like an iron home game, to be honest with you, Drew, and the team didn't come through, and, and I've been disappointed and depressed about that all day. So I wish I could say I'm doing better, Drew. I am doing better because I'm on your podcast as always. You know, you got the best podcast in the world, and thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. But uh, I, I can't say I'm in a, in a fantastic mood today, Drew. I apologize for that. Yeah, that's completely understandable because we got a lot of questions for you. And uh, I know you at your Twitter handle, Mark Jennings55, and, and me by association because of the podcast at Drew Champlin. Uh, taking a lot of heat for the Birmingham Iron these days following the 31 to 25 loss to the Memphis Express in overtime. Just a, just a bad performance, it seemed like. Uh, you know, a lot of people are really wondering, how does the staff you put together get out coached by Mike Singletary in a situation like this? Well, that's really the most disappointing part to me, Drew. You're up by 11 points with three and a half minutes left. That's a game you should win. And frankly, to get out coached and outplayed but that we did at the end of that game, that's probably... Uh, of all the years I've been involved in football, that might be the most disappointing part of it. It's, it's disappointing to me personally because I recommended Coach Lewis to the management as a guy that we should hire to lead our, our team. And and in and, and that fourth quarter, he got out coached by Mike Singletary, and that's something I have to live with is making that recommendation to management. And I know Coach Lewis feels terrible about it, but all we can do is get up the next day and, and put our boots back on and, and strap them up and go out and try to get better. That's all we can do, Drew. There's really not much we could say. But, again, you know, we got the best fans in the world. There are obviously 50,000 Iron fans in attendance out there. And just that, that send-off at Graceland that we have with all the fans supporting our players, you know, our players feel bad about it too. And and there's not much else we could – there's not much to say, Drew. I mean, we got there. We got our, we got our butt beat out there in the last three and a half minutes of that game. And – and you do that, you don't deserve to win. That's what happened, Drew. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some big personnel questions. Uh, the Memphis Express played two quarterbacks. Brandon Silvers out of Troy, who was not protected by the uh, Birmingham Iron, even though he is an in-state quarterback. And then Johnny Manziel, who, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Johnny Manziel, who we talked about on this podcast a few, just a few weeks ago. Um, he he. Came came off the bench in his his first uh, his first AAF game. Uh, why were these two quarterbacks not on the Birmingham Irons roster last night? Well, we talked about Brandon Silvers before. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, uh, the mayor did not want us drafting uh, Brandon Silvers out of Troy, and and uh, I thought that was a poor decision on the mayor's part. Uh, that really hindered us from getting the best players we possibly can on the team. And I, I think it's pretty ironic that 
he came from the Memphis Express and came back and led a comeback against us and beat us. So I hope the mayor's learned his lesson uh, from that. But uh, it, it's 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 disappointing that he's not on the team. To be honest with you, Drew, I recommend to management that uh, that we take him. But management said there's some extenuating circumstances that we could. I didn't understand at the time. I learned now that it had to do with the mayor. Uh, who who had a lot to deal with that. But it is what it is, Drew. There's not much we can do about it. And uh, congrats to the Express again. Uh, they played a great game. Uh, you know, they're disappointed to lose to a team that's only won twice in seven games, once in six games before that. Uh, that You have to really go back and look at where you are as a franchise when that happens. And we got some real soul-searching to do in that locker room, Drew, and in the, in the, in the, in the meeting room uh, in that management. All right, and before we get to the next game and, and where things look in the playoff race, uh, so many people have been tweeting at, at you and, and me as well, and they were they they're not sure that you're cut out for this job, Bark, and they're really frustrated. They expected a big time winner this year with the Birmingham Iron, and uh, after a really hot start, I think we won our first maybe was it our first four games or three games, and uh, here we sit at four and three. Um, we do have some defenders, you know, on our podcast, you know, Cameron Luke Ratliff, one of our biggest, uh, podcast supporters, you know, he, he's got your back, but then, then you have for every Cameron Luke Ratliff out there, there's 20 or 30 other people really questioning, uh, if you, if you are the right fit to lead the Birmingham Iron. Well, uh, you know, I said this before, Drew, we've got the best fans in the world, and, and thanks to guys like Cameron Luke Ratliff out there who are supporting me, but, you know, we're 4-3. and three. We're not 0-7. We're not 1-6. We won four games this year, and people are upset at me for, for what happened last week. Failed to mention that we won four games already this year. We're second in the conference. We uh, win the game next week. We've all but clinched a playoff spot but going forward, so I think we're fine, but as you mentioned, there are a bunch of negative Nancys, as I say, out there. Uh, and really, there's a lot of them. Frankly, those guys are the reason why the team is considering moving to Montgomery next year. I'm not supposed to say that on the podcast, but uh, we got a pretty good offer from Montgomery uh, to play in the Crampton Bowl next year. Uh, we've seen the success the Biscuits have had in Montgomery, and uh, frankly, uh, if the if the fans keep being negative, uh, we, we have no problem pulling up stakes and moving to Montgomery next year, Drew. And if those people want to get on me and uh, keep criticizing me for what I do with the team, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what would make them happy. We're the second team, best team in the conference. Uh, and if they're not going to be happy, we're just going to get up and leave, Drew. Uh, we, we have no reason to doubt that we wouldn't have the same fan support in Montgomery that we would in Birmingham, Drew. And frankly, Montgomery, the Cranton Bowls, uh, pretty safe area over there. I, I don't have to worry about the high crime weights, uh, high, high crime rates, excuse me, that we see in Birmingham and the surrounding areas like Hoover. So, uh, that's where we are right now. But again, I uh, thank you to guys like Cameron, Luke, Ratliff, a little more of them, a little less of the, the haters out there. And you'll be able to see the iron again in Birmingham next year. Yeah, uh, that, that comes as a huge shock to me, Mark. What would you say the odds are of this team moving to Montgomery next year? I, I can't answer that right now, Drew. You're asking about hypotheticals. And so I, I can't answer what hypotheticals are going to happen, but that's an option that we have on the table, and we're going to look more and more into that option. Again, you have another issues like the mayor uh, making personnel decisions for us. We wouldn't have to worry that about that in Montgomery. Uh, and so that's where we're going to go move going forward, and, and, and that's where we are. But, again, I can't give odds on that because you're asking about a hypothetical, and, and, and I, don't, I can't predict the future, Drew. All right, well, let's focus on what we can control. Birmingham Iron host Atlanta 
at home, three o'clock Central Time Sunday on CBS SN. The Atlanta Legends are two and five. Memphis two and five. The Iron are four and three. The Orlando Apollos are six and one. So uh, three games left. You know, who knows? The Apollos could finish six and four, and the Iron seven and three. But a win gets you into the playoffs. It'd be it would clinch a would clinch a playoff spot in the top two in the Eastern Conference. You finish the season at Arizona four and three at Orlando six and one. Who already beat the Iron a couple weeks back. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this game coming up? Well, it's a much improved team that we played from the beginning of the year. They got their quarterback situation figured out, and it's going to be a tough game. The only thing that I can say is to our fans is uh, you got to get out there and be loud and go out there and support the Irons. The three p.m. game, so uh, got plenty of time to to go home after the game and get ready for the work week next week. Uh, frankly, we're hoping we can win next week. And Drew, you said it clinches the playoffs, but I'm not sure about that. I haven't talked to my analytics guys. Uh, I, I, I guess Memphis could win next week, and they should still stay and play. I don't know. Uh, I got to talk to the analytics guys that we have on staff to see what the tiebreakers are. But uh, but it'd be pretty close. We'd all but there if we won the game on on Sunday. So we can do that. Hopefully, we can rest our starters for the next two weeks to get ready for the the big the playoffs coming up after that so that's what we're hoping for uh but again this is not gonna be an easy game this is not the same atlanta team uh that we saw at the beginning of the year they got a uh, aaron more aaron murray out there playing quarterback now he can sling it around pretty good so it's gonna be a fantastic battle and and it'd be a great time it's the last home game so you gotta get all get your fans out there uh gotta be loud you're not gonna be able to see your iron play another the home game probably until next year so uh you gotta get out there and be loud we got the best fans in the world and i i, I would be Shocked if we didn't have another 75,000 out there for the game on Sunday. All right, good deal. Well, uh, obviously the big send-off at the Graceland Hotel. Can't wait to see where you guys are going to be staying when you go to Arizona and to Orlando. We can get to that at another time. Some huge news over in Tuscaloosa on the uh, on the Alabama front. Alabama parts ways with Avery Johnson after four seasons as head basketball coach. Alabama just barely misses out of the NCAA tournament, loses to number eight seed Norfolk State in the first round of the NIT. What went wrong in the Avery Johnson era, Mark? Well, Drew, I can't really say I'm surprised about how all this went. Uh, You look at Avery Johnson's coaching career. uh, You look at his time with the New Jersey Nets especially. He had a championship team built at the New Jersey Nets for uh, for him, and he just didn't have a lot of success for him. And and I, as I told the, the powers that be at the time, you know, you look at that guy with that type of talent that he has to control the New Jersey Nets and can't get it done, uh, I don't think that's going to be a, a successful coach in college. But uh, the powers that be at the time didn't listen to me, and they hired Avery anyway, Mr. Johnson. So I think there's a place for Coach Johnson in the NBA somewhere. Uh, I'm just not sure it's on the court. Uh, coaching, but or, or in college basketball, even coaching. But uh, I can't say I'm surprised by what happened with Coach Johnson. I just think he was never a he's never a guy that's going to beat you with his on the court adjustments, and that's really uh, why I never uh, recommended him or, or or for the Alabama basketball job. And and but again, you know, it's it's the guys at, at Alabama get paid a lot of money to make these decisions. They don't want to listen to me. That's fine. But uh, uh, that, that it's just it is what it is, Drew. Again, you know, sometimes you you're up. 11 points or three minutes left and you lose. Sometimes you hire the wrong guy at basketball and you fire him four years later. It is what it is, Drew. There's not much you can do about it. Yeah, Greg Byrne, athletic director, held a press conference today. Didn't say a whole lot, but uh, 
some stuff that he said, uh, player development, recruiting, and compliance will be among the factors that influence a coaching search. Um, he also mentioned the specter of, an, <clears throat> of the FBI investigation into college basketball as a consideration while he looks across the sports landscape for possible successors to Avery Johnson. He wants to maintain the integrity of the university's reputation. That's according to AL.com. Uh, you know, a lot of people mentioned Rick Pitino um, early on. Does, does what Mr. Burns said right there, does that rule uh, Pitino out as a candidate? Well, if you look at what he said, uh, it, it rules him out. But frankly, I've had conversations with Mr. Burns, and he hadn't said the exact same things he said at the press conference. So, uh, frankly, there's not a name out there that would surprise me. There are certainly guys I think that uh, I, ha- I would predict to be the coach more than others. But I really wouldn't put a lot of stock into what uh, – uh, Mr. Burns said uh, in the press conference because those certainly aren't the same things he said to me in private. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is, Drew. All right. So, a lot of names being thrown about. Uh, you know, some are really kind of out, out there that you know the guys still coaching their teams in the NCAA tournament, like Texas Tech's Chris Beard, Virginia Tech's Buzz Williams. I'd, I'd really be surprised if it ended up being either one of them. A uh, few guys whose either seasons are over with or they're not coaching right now. You look at Ohio State's Steve Prome, and uh, you look at Fred Hoiberg, who was the coach before Prome at Iowa State, and and Thad Mata, who had to, I guess he was fired from Ohio State after a really successful run, but he had some uh, back surgeries, had some health issues. Maybe he's 100% healthy now and able to run a college basketball program. Um, you know, even Kelvin Sampson's been thrown out there, the head coach of Houston, but, you know, his team is still playing in the NCAA tournament. Mark, uh, are those along the same not, not names that you're hearing, or, or am I a little bit off base here? I think you're pretty close, Drew. There's a lot of names that I'm hearing, but uh, frankly, there's a guy I think that's a lot near the near the top that, that you didn't mention, and, and, and that's Greg McDermott out of Creighton. I think he's a guy, he's been in conversation with Mr. Byrne, uh, the last couple a couple of days, and and I certainly recommend him to Mr. Byrne. We're talking about a guy who coaches really at Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, not a lot of great basketball players coming out of Nebraska, but he's up there. Uh, he's made the NCAA tournament, I believe, three or four of the seven years he's been at Creighton. So uh, he, he's done a great job up there, really, the second school at Nebraska. And I know he's a lot of interest to move uh, to what would be a bigger basketball school where there's a lot more talent around them. So there have been some intense conversations the last couple of days between Mr. Byrne and, and Coach McDermott. And, and and honestly, Greg McDermott, he's got some NBA connections with his son, uh, currently an NBA star right now, uh, making doing great things in one of the best teams in the NBA. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Greg McDermott gets named uh, the head coach sooner rather than later. But, Drew, to be honest with you, you know how things go. These things, change, these things could change by the minute. So I really don't know what's going to happen. But I do know there have been some really intense conversations between uh, Coach McDermott and Mr. Byrne, and, and, and nothing would surprise me at this point uh, with that relationship. Yeah, with, with Greg McDermott, it seems like he's a pretty tough basketball coach. That's the one thing that stands out to me is that they're, they're going to play tough for 40 minutes. How much of a relief would it be for Alabama fans to see that kind of style over what they saw last year? Yeah, I think if you notice it, and what a lot of Alabama basketball fans are saying, they're looking for 40 minutes of intensity and 40 minutes of playing hard, and 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 that's what Greg McDermott would bring to the table for you. And, and frankly, he's a fantastic coach at Creighton, and, and he's done wonders with that program, and, and he would be a fantastic choice for Alabama. You know, Creighton, the thing about Creighton is not only do they play hard, they play the right way. And that's really just what, what really – 
impresses me about them is how hard they play and they play the right way. They respect the game. They play with a lot of integrity. And frankly, he'd be a fantastic, fantastic choice for Alabama basketball. All right. And what about Matta? You know, he was fired a couple years back in the, in the summer, before, uh, long after the season gets over with. His recruiting had fallen off a little bit. I think other coaches were probably using that against him as his health. That's according to uh, a radio interview with a guy who covers Ohio State this morning. Um, how do you think, uh, how serious is Thad Mata, or Mata, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his last name, but how, how, he's only 51 years old. You know, if his health is in, if his health checks out, it seems like he'd be a really great fit for Alabama. What are you hearing on this front? Well, I've known Thad Matta forever, Drew. Frankly, I'm the one that tipped him off to Greg Oden first. You know, I obviously knew about Mike Conley because of his father's NBA, uh, being in the NBA. But I helped uh, I helped him get in touch with Greg Oden originally, and, and I've known him for years. Uh, my que- I, I haven't talked to him directly about the Alabama basketball. I haven't talked about him directly about coaching in forever. Uh, my question would be, would he be really into it? Uh, he He's not that old of a guy. He's only 51. Uh, but he has held health problems. Does he really have the fire that he did uh, 15 years ago when he was on the sidelines at Xavier in Ohio State? Those are the questions I would have about him uh, moving forward. But he's a fantastic coach, and he'd be a great choice as well, Drew. So looking back at the Avery Johnson era, three NIT births, one NCAA. Once it, you know, how much uh, Bill Battle was the athletic director back then? Um, how, how much input did he seek from you during that search? Well, uh, frankly, he should have sought more than he did, Drew. Uh, he's, he was a real old-school guy. Uh, he had his way of doing it. You know, the, the same thing that made him money with the collegiate licensing he thought would be successful as an athletic director. And, frankly, I, I thought that he should go in a different direction. You know, you, you, know, you look at guys uh, from the last coaching search who I suggested, guys like Will Wade, uh, guys like Rick Barnes, who's looking to get out of Texas at the time. Uh, these are fantastic choices that uh, that he should have mentioned. You know, even guys like Jim Laranaga or, or, or Richard Pertino or Doc Sadler. These are guys that I suggested four years ago when he didn't listen to me. And, and frankly, he had some people on Twitter, some Twitter celebrities who led him astray uh, and hired Avery Johnson. But uh, there's nothing we can do about, about that now. Frankly, I think Alabama's got a great athletic director. He's not going to be led astray by people on Twitter. Uh, who are going to do whatever they're going to do, and, and and he's going to make the right decision for the basketball program, regardless of what some people on Twitter say. All right. Uh, it, obviously, the big impact here is going to be, can Alabama get back in the mix with five-star Trenton Watford out of Mountain Brook High School? Um, you know, a lot of people thought it might be LSU or Memphis, but it seems like Alabama, um, according to Joe Goodman of AL.com, was not going to be an option if Avery Johnson remained as head coach, but now they are back in the mix. What's going on on the Trenton Watford front? Well, you look at Trenton Watford, you got a head coach in Bucky McMillan has had a lot of success at the high school level uh, and is looking to get into college coaching. And frankly, I think that he's going to go wherever Coach McMillan goes. Uh, I Frankly, I think he's a fantastic high school coach. And, and when you've got the opportunity to bring a five-star player with you, you're going to have a lot of options uh, to get on a college coaching staff. You know, this isn't new. Uh, I believe uh, my good friend Coach Rod Barnes did this about two decades ago at Ole Miss. 
bringing in some some high school coaches for Jackson, Mississippi to be on the staff so he can get some great high school talent. So this isn't anything new. Uh, but Becky's going to Coach McMillan's going to get a lot of uh, a lot of options here. Whether he can have success on the college level, I'm not really sure. But but frankly, I think wherever Coach McMillan ends up, that's where uh, Trenton Watford's going to go. Uh, to be honest with you, it's not going to be LSU now with the Will Wade situation and his uh, his his uh, problems he has now with the federal government. Uh, so it won't be LSU, but uh, Alabama's back in the mix now. We're going to see where it goes from here. All right, football, you know, we used to talk about football recruiting in about 90% of our podcast, but not so much anymore. But it's it's the spring. Alabama did just get a commitment from Seth McLaughlin, a 6'4", 270-pound offensive lineman from Buford, Georgia. Um, uh, listed as a tackle by the subscription sites. Mark, what is the, uh, what's the skinny on Seth McLaughlin just rated as a three-star recruit? Well, yeah, he's rated as a three-star recruit because the the subscription sites have him listed as a tackle. I mean, he doesn't. Have, you don't have to be an expert uh, uh, college football uh, film analyst or, or or whatever to realize that to look at this film. You can look at two plays and realize he's not going to play offensive tackle uh, when he gets to college. He's going to play guard or center, and that's where I project him. And frankly, he's going to be a five-star guard or center in college, and he's going to be a fantastic one. He's going to be a lot better than those. Uh, the three-star, the subscription size pay he is. But if you want to go out and pay your $10 a month to have people give you bad information, you guys go right ahead. You know, it's your money. Uh, you work hard from, from it wherever you do, wherever you work. And, and it's your money. You spend it however you want. All right. Uh, do you have a comparison for Seth McLaughlin? Well, of course I do, Drew. Thank you for asking. I've always got a comparison going, Drew. There's a guy who played in the SEC, a guy from uh, right down the road from Tuscaloosa actually played in the SEC. Uh, really great player starts the true freshman in the SEC. And, of course, I'm talking about Ben Jones, who played at Georgia right out of Bibb County. Drew, do you remember Ben Jones? Yeah, over in Centerville, right? That's correct, Drew. I'm impressed yeah. you know your Bibb County geography. Yeah, I do remember Ben Jones. I thought it was a mistake for Alabama to let him get out of the state, right? Yeah, I thought so too, Drew, but he had a connection with Georgia. His grandfather played football at Georgia, so there's a connection there. Alabama's facing up here at Hill Batter. Even though I believe at the time he had a brother playing on the Alabama baseball team, it's always going to be uphill to get Ben Jones playing for Georgia. But, Drew, do you know why they call it Centerville? Uh, I don't, Mark. Why? It's because it's, it's, it's in the center of the state, Drew. Okay. Thereabouts. Been- I mean, technically the center of the state, if you draw an X from, from connecting the corners of the state, you draw a big X, the center's in Montevallo, right? It's yeah. actually on the campus there if you've ever been to the University of Montevallo. Uh, but but they call it Centerville because ostensibly they think they're in the center of the state. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know this was a geography podcast, but I do, I do well, appreciate it. Well, you know, uh, I got a lot of haters out there who think I, all I do is sit there and break down film all day. But I, I, I try to read my books occasionally and learn and try to learn some things and and learn things about the the great state of Alabama, Drew. And I'm not going to apologize to your listeners for that. All right. We appreciate that, Mark. Uh, we got a lot of listener questions this week coming in on Twitter. What can, uh, why don't you tell everybody your Twitter handle and how they can find you on social media and through email? Drew, you know, we got the best listeners in the world. Uh, I believe we're up to about 320,000 20, podcast listeners, maybe more. Uh, Twitter followers, I don't know how many podcast listeners we have. I'm sure you can update that. But we got the best listeners in the world, and y'all ask the best questions. If you want to tweet at me, my Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. Or you can email me. My email address is MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's B-R-E-A-K-S. That's Mark. 
breaks down film at AOL.com. That's Mark with the K. You can email me. You can find me on Twitter. I love getting your questions, guys. All right. <clears throat> we hear from Morgan Plot on Twitter at MoPlot28. Since the AAF Iron lost Coach Locust to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has the uh, administration had any thoughts of hiring Coach, coach Rush Probst to replace her? And, and Locust was the defensive line coach for the Iron. First off, we are so excited about Coach Locust and her new opportunities in the NFL. Uh, we didn't hire her because she was a woman. We hired her because of her ability to coach football, and, and we are so happy for her and her new opportunity. But frankly, I, I've answered the Rush Probst question about three times in the last three podcasts. So frankly, uh, as much as I say about how happy we are for the for the women that, that go on and Coach Locust going on and making big in the NFL, frankly, this is this is a pretty dumb question from a woman. So uh, Miss Plot, thank you for your question. But frankly, we're not gonna uh, be answering any more of your. your questions uh for this podcast that's pretty stupid maybe you should ask your husband uh to write your questions for you from now on yeah why would um th- this lady suggest that I mean, rush probes has never coached defensive line in his life yeah i don't know why she thinks that drew but again that's why i said she could she should ask her husband to help her with questions from now on all right i don't know Drew's where she gets that from <laughs> yeah uh drew smiley on twitter mark i was worried all season about the language barrier between Perez and the team, would you attribute his performance the past two games to your, to your decision to house the iron in Tijuana? Seems like their time in Mexico improved their Spanish skills enough to be the difference. And he might have sent this question before the Memphis game. Uh, he might have Drury might sit in the middle of Memphis game, but that, that's that's either here nor there. But we, you know, we we didn't. Uh, language, of course, has improved. The communication has improved between Luis Perez and the offense, and uh, I think that the trip to Juana had a had effective. Of, of bringing the team closer together with uh, with the quarterback and, and and really being a part of the culture that he grew up in and that's what really helped there. I, I think the language and barrier has uh, language has improved uh, between the offense and the, and the quarterback, but I don't think being in Tawana per se had the difference. I think it's the culture that they have with them coming together and and, and really become more of a team. Of course, to say that, I have to go back and break down the film for the last three and a half minutes of the game. So, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that right there. All right. Bourbon Bias on Twitter. Mark, what is your favorite flavor of Golden Flake, and would the bear approve of Ricky Patino? Well, this is a great question. I appreciate questions like this. I get so many questions based on my expertise of, of, of breaking down film and, and player recruitment and coaching searches. So I appreciate questions like this about my favorite flavor of Golden Flake. Now, everybody thinks Golden Flake is just a, a potato chip company, but but they do other things like potato chips. They do pork skins. And my favorite flavor, Golden Flake, they have a dill picker, pickled flavored pork skin and that's just it, it melts in your mouth uh it's really the best thing that i've ever tasted in my entire life and frankly it's got the dill pickle flavor so you can eat it it's going to help with your cramps uh like they you know the players drink the, the pickle juice to help with cramps yeah the same thing works with eating the pork skin so if you're a great athlete you should eat some pork skin in the middle of the game and that would help with some cramps so I, that's my favorite flavor of golden flank and with the bear proof of ricky patino uh i, I think the bear would uh, ricky patino coach patino would be the bear's favorite basketball coach uh that's going today uh, the guy who uh, a win at all cost guy who does whatever he can to win, and uh, a guy who the players love. 
uh, renowned as, as the best coach of his era in his sport. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. The bear, the bear would highly approve of Coach Patino. All right. We hear from TD at TD44554 on, on Twitter. Mark, loyal listener and Twit follower Drew Smalley is in Turkey for a few weeks. Do you have any recommendations for things for him to see and do there from your global travel scouting players? Also, could you inform him where he could go for the Istanbul Iron watch party next week? Well, I, 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 I don't know exactly where the Istanbul Iron Watch Party is going to be, but I appreciate that question, Drew. If you will email me at my, at my email address, I'll make sure to get that information to you. Currently, I'm working with the IT team to get a, a, a forum set up or a place where Iron fans around the globe can, can, can discuss and, and put where their watch parties are going to be. So we're getting there. I don't know where Istanbul is going to be off the top of my head, but... Uh, if you're in Turkey, I think uh, it's it's a really fantastic country. It's a really free country. Uh, you talk about a, a guy who really uh, loves his citizens, a guy who's really looking out for the best for his country. You're talking about uh, my good friend, Mr. Erdogan in Turkey, uh, the way he runs that country and the way he looks out for the people in this country. So you're in a fantastic place in Turkey, and you're going to have a great time there. And, and I, I love that country, to be honest with you. I love Istanbul and the city. There's nothing you could do there. Uh, that can lead you astray and prove you wrong. So uh, you're going to have a great time there, and I hope you enjoy your visit. All right. Alabama Pro Updates at Bama Pro Updates. Mark, uh, Hoda Mufana, the ISIS bride who was radicalized in Hoover before leaving the USA to join ISIS, wants to return to the U.S. to be with her son. Will the liberal municipal government of Hoover use its sanctuary city status to pave the, pave the way for her to return to the United States? Well, to be honest with you, Bama Pro Updates, thank you for your question. I, I don't know what's going on with Hoover anymore. Whenever anybody asks me about Hoover, I, t- I, I tend to stay away. But frankly, if you told me that Hoover is, is getting a, a new citizen that was in ISIS, I would tell you that the city's going to get safer, to be honest with you. I mean, if they got somebody in ISIS, that would make me feel a lot safer than whatever they have going on right now. So, uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me at all, uh, you know, the liberal people in Hoover. Uh, can do whatever they want as a sanctuary city. I'm not going to be visiting there any soon, anytime soon. And uh, and, and and frankly, it's not surprising to me that she chose Hoover uh, to go back to. But, uh, you know, it's Hoover at this point. I think if you live in Hoover and you still live in Hoover, uh, frankly, if something bad happens to you, that's your fault at this point. And, and, and you've been warned repeatedly. So, you know, it's like if you go out driving at 3 a.m. and you get hit by... Uh, you know, you get hit by a drunk driver or something. At some point, you know, it becomes, why are you out at 3 a.m.? Nothing good happens after midnight, Drew. Everybody knows this. Same way, nothing good happens in Hoover. Absolutely. Uh, Blake Ells, we got another Hoover question. And Blake Ells asks, is it safe to go to the Dave and Busters in Hoover to play skee-ball and watch basketball? No, it is not. It is not safe to go anywhere in Hoover. I mean, it, it, like, you know, I, I don't know what you want me to say to these questions, Drew. It's not safe to go to Hoover. I mean, frankly, if you ask me would I rather be in Hoover, what's safer, Hoover or Aleppo, I would much rather rent a condo in downtown Aleppo than live in Hoover, Drew. At All this right. point, I, I don't know why anybody would still live in Hoover, to be honest with you. I, I agree with you there. 
Um, last question comes from Norty at CK Norton one. Mark, can you talk about the part you played in the negotiations between Greg Byrne and Avery Johnson? Appreciate all you did to get the buyout negotiations done. Uh, that's a great question, Norty. Unfortunately, uh, I can say I played a significant role in the negotiations, but due to my, my uh, contractual obligations with dip and Dots, I'll be breaking antitrust laws if I commented on that on the podcast. Unfortunately, I can't. All I can tell you is, is they're rather significant. And, uh, you know, it's it's. I was asked by Mr. Byrne to help donate to the fund to, to pay for Coach Johnson's buyout, but I told him that uh, I couldn't do that. I'm not a booster. I'm just a I'm just a man who runs Dippin' Dots. And I don't cheer for any team, Drew. I'll make that clear. I do an Allen podcast for you because that's what the the fans demand of me, and that's what I can do for them. But uh, um, I cannot comment any further on that. I don't want the feds coming after me for breaking the any you know, the Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890. All right, that's good enough for me. Well, that will wrap up this week's episode of the Champs Corner podcast following uh, featuring Mark Jennings. Go subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, any podcast platform. Uh, Mark Jennings, thank you so much again for joining us this week, and I really hope the Iron can uh, can, can bounce back and get a win at home this weekend in front of 100,000 or so. Drew, it's been a down day for me, to be honest with you, but coming on your podcast always lifts my spirits, and, and, and thank you guys for everybody who's been praying for me and lifting me up in your prayers for how down I've been. And, and this this podcast is really a great remedy for me. Uh, it really was a cure-all panacea, if you will, uh, for my mood today. So thank you so much, Drew, for having me on. And, and I look forward to getting back out there in the field next week against the hated Atlanta Legends and seeing what we can do out there and, and bringing the last home win, last home game, bringing home a big win for the fans. All right, and that'll wrap it up. Thank you so much to everybody who listened.